I want to create an empire. I want to create a legacy brand. As I said again, I want um, my brand to live on. And something again, as I said, something that is, I don't know, for me, I've always wanted, and I said this is changing, but um, our, our, our stories to be also within those platforms, like international platforms. I want African, Africa to be seen as the hub of fashion. I did a history class again, asked the same questions. They were like, yeah, so fashion originated with Louis, blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, how? How do we know that? How can we date that? Because that's the only story that has been told. So I, I want to penetrate that market. I want those people, like people to start opening up to us also being like, we have a great resources here. I mean, I feel Africa is like the most like creative continent and our cultures are so rich, our clothing is so, everything is so in depth, man. And so, yeah. So my goal <laughs> is to, to, I don't know, to just create an empire where we love and celebrate and we are represented and we are seen um, in our, all our diverse ways and yeah. Yo, what's good TSV community? I am your host, The Nature Boy, and you are now tuned into Telescope Vision's Golden Generation, where each week we're dedicated to bringing you the most prominent and up-and-coming artists who are going to be a force to be reckoned with globally, but more so trying to give you guys some valuable inspiration, information, and motivation to any of you who are looking to enter the business world, the creative world, or the sports world. Today is actually a really significant day. Reflecting back, it's actually the 20th episode of Golden Generation Podcast. So, can we just get like a celebration thing? Like, man, like, I'm so grateful. I really am grateful, really grateful to the whole team. Thankful for Skippy V, thankful for Mondly, thankful for Sober Toby. But most importantly, thankful for all of you guys who continue to listen to the podcast we really would be nothing without you guys so given the significance of the episode we really brought in someone who's really inspirational she's from pe she's a phenomenal designer she recently got selected to go to the lagos fashion week and she really is someone who's determined hardworking, and a true visionary at heart on today's episode, we brought in Gugu Peteni, um, the founder of Gugu by Gugu, the brand. And we really dive into the fashion industry, how she founded Gugu by Gugu, and her creative process, and the goals and the mission of Gugu by Gugu. So this episode is really not to be missed. So without any more further delays, so we told you drop that beat, and let's go to the moon. Icon, businesswoman, entrepreneur talent, and just gem of a person. Aww. Please welcome Gugu Pateli. Hi. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. So good to be here. Thank you for having your time with us. We're really just grateful. Of know. course, of course, of course. Took a while, but we're here. <laughs> it did. We're here now. <laughs> you know? Mm. Um... I really want to commend you like I feel like it's really cool how you kind of took the approach of doing a personal brand mm. from the get-go rather than kind of like blend it in once your business is up and running so I really want to commend you on that thank you so much um it wasn't easy yeah so thank you <laughs> yeah so 
Were you always into fashion or it kind of just like was a spur of the moment? Yo, um, I have a cliche story. I wish it was more special than it is, but it was the cliche story of growing up and always like seeing my mom's curtains and tablecloths and cutting and making clothes for my dolls. My grandmother used to always like ask me to thread her needles and stuff. So I was introduced to fashion at a very young age or clothing or garment construction at a very young age in that sense. But I could only say I really developed my my love for fashion when I think 13. I'm a twin. Um, we're not identical, boo. <laughs> but my sister and I are always kind of, we're always grouped like the twins or the sisters or it was never Gugu and Bongo, you know. So then I kind of, at the age of 13, I started exploring with fashion and I kind of fell in love with color. So I used to dress up in these ridiculous outfits <laughs> um, and people used to be like, oh, the fashionable one or the very colorful one. And I was like, oh my word, like clothing is really cool. Like you can formulate your identity through clothing and it's a form of communication and whatever, whatever. So then I kind of, that's how I think I first fell in love with fashion. And I was so drawn um, by the fact that, you know, it can, it's more than just dressing up in the morning. It's a form of expression and an identity and all of that stuff. And you can tell a story and it's exciting and it's fun, you know? So I think that's when I was really, really introduced into fashion. And I think I've never looked back, but at that age, I never thought I was gonna go into like fully, I thought I was just gonna be a fashion designer. It's just, <laughs> just gonna happen because I loved it so much. Um, but yeah, that's my, my beginning story, I guess. But yeah, I was threading at the age of three, four, five, I guess. Whoa. And sketching as well. Wow. Yeah, not very well, but I was sketching. <laughs> yeah. So so through that, you kind of knew, okay, I'm actually going to study this thing. Yeah, the short of it, um, I first wanted to go into performing arts. I grew up in theatre. Whoa. Yeah. Um, writing plays, even directing at school and all of that stuff. I took drama and performing arts as a subject. So that was like my keen interest, like oh. from a very, very young age. Um, and then I, I cannot tell you what happened, but um, I think end of grade 11, yeah. something just clicked. I was like, I guess, I don't know, I just want to be a fashion designer. That's what I want to do. Um, and I followed through. I think I realized how hard performing arts was going to be and just the reality of all of that. And I don't know, I just fell out of love for it. Mm-hmm. But I think it helped shape my creative journey and my process, and it was necessary. Um, because a lot of the elements that, that uh, like I learned there helps me through my creative process now. Okay, yeah. so then you did that in high school, and then you obviously knew when you're going to varsity, you want yeah. to take this yeah. forward. How was the, the experience, like studying design in, in mm. varsity? Because that's a big step, and now it's like you're doing what you love, but yeah. like you're actually learning the actual technical side and everything. Yeah. Listen, Varsity was a trip. Your Varsity <laughs> was a mess. Um, um, we were speaking earlier and I was telling you how, how uh, like our institution was very like cutthroat. Eh? It's either you're perfect or you're failing. Like there was no in between. If you're five centimeters um, off, you're failing, your comment is wrong, you know? So um, it was an adjustment from high school um, and the hours was ridiculous. I mean, you're working Monday to Sunday, um, 8 a.m. till like 3 a.m. My life was varsity. Like I did not have like, a, like um, the classical like university experience where I was partying with friends, whatever. I was at varsity 24 seven. Like I loved adversity, um, so it was hectic. It was quite the adjustment. Even I think from the gate, man. Um, I came from an academic background from high school, 
Um, and I mean, I, I got scholarships and all these, what's it called, what scholarship bursaries offered and I had my academic honours and all these things and my dad wanted me to do political science, all this chemistry, all these things, right? And then I decided, no, I'm pretty an artist. <laughs> so my traditional black father was like, hell to the no. <laughs> that is not happening. He was like, if you're going to do fashion, I'm not paying for it. Sure. Um, so I think the journey towards fashion was just very dramatic from the gate for me. But he came around okay. um, and he's been supportive since. Um, and yeah, man, Vasti was a mess. But I wouldn't change it because it really, it grew me and I learned my strengths and it really helps now because I have thick skin and I can take anything because of that experience. Sure, I can only imagine. Yeah. So during that whole experience, I know that with like, when you're studying fashion, you have to kind of do like internships. Yeah. Like who did you intern for? So I interned with a brand called Air. Okay. It's um, spelled E-R-R-E. Um, it was in Pretoria. It was a six-week journey. I learned a lot. Um, and funny enough, I mean, I interned in grade uh, third year. No, second year. End of second year. And then last year, I did fashion week with them. So it was like, so I was like, wow. Everything came <laughs> mm, full circle. Mm. Yeah, but it was a really cool experience. Sure. I mean, you mentioned something really interesting about how, like, it's, cutthroat when yeah. you when you're in university studying fashion mm. and you kind of see it like um i watch like a lot of like vogue like documents or whatever yeah and they talk about people who go to like juilliards or, mm. or um, parsons mm. and how everything is like cutthroat and mm. then a lot of designers end up just dropping out exactly. and starting their own thing but you kind of stuck through it and mm. then you still went through the journey of starting your own thing yeah yeah so why did you decide to go with google by google because like i said in early on like you took that route of incorporating the personal brand from the get-go yeah i mean i remember my first day at varsity our lecturer did this whole presentation and there were like louis vuittons and your chanel's and your gucci and i put up my hand and i was like dude like why aren't any south african brands there and then he was like he couldn't answer me he was like this is how it is and i was like that's bullshit you know so i was like you know what my goal from that day i kid you not was like i want to create a brand or support brands or represent brands that are African that are also going to be in those conversations and in those um, topics and everything, you know. So, and then, I don't know, it kind of, I mean, with the personal branding, it, it all just fell into place and it grew and it became a brand. But yeah, that was my goal from the get to also have our, my, my personal brand now also within the Gucci's and the Chanel's and I have legacy brands, man, yeah. um, that are within the same space because for a very long time, it's not like that anymore. Um, a lot of like African brands and African fashions were alienated. You got fashion and then you got African fashion, which you got your airline skirts and your prints and whatever, your jungle themes, whatever, whatever. And that just made me so upset um, growing up. And, but now it's changed, as I said, with our, our current designers who really paved the way and who are within those topics now. So I really hope Google by Google will be there one day too. Well, it's really encouraging because like you just mentioned now, like I went to the the fashion week, SA Fashion Week, the one yeah. in Cape Town mm. in 2020, beginning of the year yeah. before lockdown. Mm. And literally, you see that repetitive thing of African yeah. parents and like, yeah. come on, let's switch it up. Dude, like, there's so people much more think talent. African and then there's the literally like an immediate image. Like, I, I've always said as an African designer, in order to be an African designer or to be, to present myself as an African designer, I don't have to make Afri quote unquote African design. I'm African, so my designs are already like automatically African, mm. you know? I don't need to add prints, and I, might, I love that, I do add prints and dukes and the traditional elements, but my whole brand does not need to be 
A-line skirts and layers and all of that <laughs> stuff. That stuff is great, but I think it's time to bring like a more realistic representation of what mm. as African young people wear and what our culture is, you know, now. Mm. Yeah, so I think I love, like from the, in the beginning, I used to always term my designs as Afri-modern or street, African, what's, what's so corny, but like African streetwear or something like that, you know, where it speaks to our market and yeah. our generation now, which is very eclectic yeah. and open. Definitely. Yeah, and global too, so. 100%. Yeah. So, to the listeners out there, what does Google by Google stand for and what are you guys trying, like what's the goal of the, the brand? Hmm, um, I named my brand Google by Google, um, well initially it was Google, right? Mm-hmm. But I couldn't, I couldn't, the name, I couldn't trademark that for business. So I was kind of like, okay, what? And the people, a lot of people, I think I did like a shoot once, it was like Google by Google for Google for whatever, whatever. Uh-huh. And then it just caught on, it was just like this corny caption. And then a lot of people used to be like, oh, Google by Google for Google, whatever, with Google, whatever. So then I went to Google by Google, but I, I, initially I wanted to go with my name because my name is Posa and it means something that you're proud of. So you say Ndineku Gungawe or, yeah. So I wanted to create something that I was proud of. And again, going back to wanting African brands to be represented in international spaces, I want something that we can all be proud of as Africans, you know, so Google, so Google by Google, then me, I'm Google. Uh, yeah, so pride by Google, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> that's cool, though. Mm. I really like it. Like, yeah. I can see how it must resonate with a lot of women as well. Exactly, exactly. It's powerful. Yeah. So what's the, what's the vision for Google by Google? Google by Google, I want to create an empire. I want to create a legacy brand. As I said again, I want um, my brand to live on. And something, again, as I said, something that is, I don't know, for me, I've always wanted, and I said this is changing, but... Um, our 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 stories to be also within those platforms like international platforms. I want African Africa to be seen as the hub of fashion. I did a history class again, asked the same questions. They were like, "Yeah, so fashion originated with Louis va 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 in blah blah blah." And I was like, "How? How do we know that? How can we date that? Because that's the only story that has been told." So I I want to penetrate that market. I want those people like people to start opening up to us also being like we have a great resources here. I mean I feel Africa is like the most like creative continent and our cultures are so rich. Our clothing is so everything is so in depth, mm. man, and so yeah. So my goal <laughs> is to to I don't know to just create an empire where we love and we celebrate and we are represented and we are seen um, in our all our diverse ways and yeah. Wow. Realistically, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to kind of just take it way back to your first collection. So, yeah. Golden State of Mind. Mm. What was the whole creative process behind that collection? Because I saw the pieces and the pieces were just oh, fire. Thanks. I really like the the tone, color tones, and really like the attention to detail, mm. like the cuts. Mm. Amazing. Mm. So I did that collection for my fourth year, so my postgrad um, collection. Um, and within that time, I think personally, I always, I always like when I'm creating a new collection, it's always based off something that I'm experiencing currently, you know. Mm-hmm. And at that time, it was major talks of underrepresentation and black women and stereotypes and all of that stuff. And I was doing my thesis on um, the underrepresentation of black women within fashion and beauty. Mm-hmm. So, Golden State of Mind was kind of an affirmation of ourselves because society didn't affirm our beauty and mm-hmm. our and how we were 
I wanted to create a collection to, well, remind or bring to light the fact that we don't need society. We don't, need to, we don't have to wait for society and the beauty industry and media to say, hey, black woman, you're beautiful in your natural state. So we need to affirm that for ourselves. So the color yellow is very associated. So the whole collection was, made, was yellow. Mm -hmm. And then going back to my African roots, I made, it the, I made the whole collection out of umpato, which is African fabric that we usually wear. For like traditional ceremonies and going back to kind of using like like a tradition in a modern context. Okay. So I did streetwear in African fabric. Okay. And as I said again, the whole um, the whole collection was yellow because yellow is associated with confidence and um, a lot of things. I can't remember the list now. So many years ago. Um, so yeah, I did the collection and we shot it and it went to design in Daba. Um, yeah, it was really. I didn't also didn't foresee that. I mean people um, reacting the way they did to it. Sure. I mean, yeah. like, I feel like 2018 is such a big year oh, for you. Everything yeah. <laughs> kind of lined up. Oof, you had the collection, then obviously there's your autumn winter line, but then the design in Dava came, Project Runway came. Yeah. It's amazing. Employment came, Standard <laughs> Boss Tea, both came, adulthood came. It was a lot. It was beautiful, man. I think it was a really exciting year for me. It's really inspiring. Like, do you want to work with you how you kind of got selected for the design in Daba, and then also just explain the whole process of you getting into Project Runway SA. Okay. So design in Daba was as simple as applications were out and I applied and mm -hmm. got selected. Um, yeah, and that that whole experience was great. Um, I mean, to be, to be, I mean, because we're so sheltered here, especially in NWMU, with your own creatives and everyone knows you and you're doing this and you get a, like, what's, oh, who can I say, people, the same people see your work. Mm. and it's your friend so people are nice to you so to take your work and put it in a completely different context where it's like very creative and you with other people who are also creatives and you speak the same language and you get to get their opinions and feedbacks um, and it challenges you it also puts you out of your comfort zone it's very exciting and this design that by itself is such like I don't know it's like a creative dream and it's such a, it's so inspiring and it's just I don't know it just opens up your mind so being in that space was just fine. It was a week, we went for a week. Um, mm -hmm. I went with two of my um, other, um, well, a graphic designer and a textile designer that was also at NUMU. They're also doing very well right now. Shout out to Mason and Tanazani. Um, so that experience for us was just great, especially mm. coming from what is termed a small town. A lot of people mm. undermine us. So they're like, oh, you're from PE? Oh, okay, so what, you guys can do stuff, you know? <laughs> so um, it was great to, to just represent our city as well um, in what I thought was a good way. Um, and then Project Runway, oof. <laughs> um, I never really intended to apply for Project Runway. I grew up on the show, like I was obsessed. I watched every episode, every season, back to back, like I, Bench the show, and I saw how intense mm. um, it was. And I said to me, I've always said to myself, I would never do that. I could never manage all of that, like the time constraints and knowing like what it takes to put a garment together. It just seemed impossible and so scary. And like, what? I could never do that. So um, the, the applications came out, and a lot of people were like, oh, Google, you should do this. You should do this. I was like, no, like, just do it. You never know. I'm like, I would never go through. I was straight out of varsity as well. Yeah, sure. So I was like, I could never go through. Um, and they were like, just try. If you fail, you fail. If you don't get picked, you don't get picked. But you're going to regret if you don't try. Mm. So I was like, oh, I'll just fill out the application. I filled out the, the, the application process was strenuous. It was long. Um, so I filled out the application, got into the second round. And I was like, okay. Did that, got into the third round. I was like, okay. Did that, got into the fourth round. I was like, what is happening? Am I really doing this? I'm not ready for this. Sure. Got into the fifth round. Went to, flew to Joburg, did the interview. Um, 
and uh, got, then I got called back to do the test interview after that. So we, they put you in a time limit and you have to sew something and Gert was there um. and the judges were there and it was as, as we would do the show. Uh-huh. And we remember we had to make these mini skirts um, and I did like this denim skirt and whatever, whatever. And still I was like, oh, this, I, I think I sewed my zip wrong even under the pressure. Got through. <laughs> Um, and then that was crazy. I was the youngest. Um, everyone within who was comp- all my other competitors were like way older than me. Mm. They all had existing brands. They all were doing all these big shows, and I had clients. They were like, "Yeah, so my client last week did this, and I did fashion week." And I was like, "Yeah, my lecturer yesterday said." <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "Girl, what are you doing?" Um, it was scary. It was just like a repeat of varsity, where you 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 get into something and you're like, "What did I get myself into? What is this?" But then throughout the process, you you gain your strength and you keep up, and you like, "Whoa, but I'm a bad bitch. I can, you know, I survived." Yeah. Um, I remember the first episode. Um, I think I just stood and I, I, I like I pleated a skirt, a, not even a skirt, a fabric, for like the whole night. I was like freaking out. I went to my 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 what the fellow contestant. I was like, look, dude, I cannot do this. I hate to be this girl, but I'm gonna quit. I cannot. And she was like, get get you together. Like you can do this. And I survived till halfway through the show. I got um, eliminated by La Duma. Uh, a PE. I mean, I interned with on. him, and he came from PE. That was supposed to be my episode to thrive, you know. I got kicked out that episode. I was ready to go though. I think I had I had my time from at the of the whole experience was up. I was I learned a lot and it was I was exhausted. Like that mm. was you guys don't even understand. You guys only saw well people who watched only saw like two seconds of what was really that was grueling. Like you went to bed late and the cameras from four AM and you were shooting the whole time. You had to create comments in like two seconds and then you got on stage, got criticized and then you go back and do another challenge. Oh. And we didn't see, we didn't have a phone, so we didn't see family, our studio, there was no window, so you were locked in this box. So all of us, we shared the same experience when we left the show, you kind of were in this a week of adjusting to normal life. Because TV is crazy, dude. Yeah. The reality is that was great, but, and I question myself if I would ever do that again, mm-hmm. because it was intense. But maybe I, sh- I don't know, but it really, it, it prepared so me for life now. Really? Yeah, definitely. And it was a great platform as well. I cannot deny that. So, yeah. Sure, that's. <laughs> I feel like I just went on a mission. No, like that, <laughs> that just sounded intense, but more so like a younger kid listening now who has the dream to mm. go on on the show now understands. Okay, this is what I'm getting myself into. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't want to sound doom and gloom. It was great, as I said. It was. It like literally teaches you so much. And it's such a unique experience, man, to go through, and you come out tougher definitely so i would say go i think the the way to to hack this industry you need to put yourself out there and you need to do everything you have nothing to lose um except sleep and (laughs) um and a few hairs but um yeah i would always advise people to do things that scare you that's the only way you grow yeah some sound words of wisdom Mm. um seeing like you like just in action this past like few weeks I've noticed that you actually at heart like I can see that you're operator. Mm. Like you got that just that business mindset and mm. like how do you kind of manage to kind of juggle between the two of focusing on your creative side because in the day you gotta be creative director for your whole brand mm. but at the same time you have to kind of be an operator and do like the production yeah. distribution side, yeah. um, work on the finances and management and mm. everything. How do you kinda of juggle the two? That's, that was tough. Um, it took me a while. 
it took me a while and it's not the the business element as much as i mean like now i'm into it and i get it whatever it's not my favorite part from i just want to sit and be creative and do creative things but um earlier on after i finished varsity i realized that look I like I need to this needs to be my living you know I need to make an income and I need to go into business whether I like it or not yeah. that's the only way I'm going to survive and then I was before at varsity and just straight out of varsity my collections and everything I do was very commercial not commercial mm -hmm. sorry conceptual all storytelling all la da artsy pretentious <laughs> you know the vibe um but it was not I mean people were loving it and creating it and like a, a like a very select few were buying it, you know, mm. but a lot of people weren't buying because it, it wasn't commercial. Where were people going to wear this in PE, you know? Mm. So then from the get, I, I kind of realized that I needed to commercialize my designs a little bit so that people, so then I was like, oh, but I'm an artist and I have to kind of like lose myself, you know, mm. so I can make money and actually live off what, like what I studied. So um, long story short, I then found the balance between, I mean, streetwear was kind of my passion. So I found the balance mm. to bring that element of art and um, storytelling but also make it commercial and make it relatable and put it into, put it into an everyday context but again to going back to your business element thing um, I just I also I took my time I didn't start my brand off from scratch I was operating business-wise but then I always I always just took my time and I learned things because I've also did there also that's where kind of the gap was we didn't learn a lot of business things we didn't know how to reach our businesses how to have to do tax and all of this have employees so um, I had to kind of go back and be like, okay, so how do I run a business on Google? <laughs> but luckily, I think networking and going to business events and stuff helped yeah. me a lot and getting business people at hand to kind of show me the ropes. And I didn't put any pressure on myself to get things immediately because I think that's where people fail. Mm -hmm. I literally took my time with my brand. I worked, operated at my own pace. Um, a lot of people were like, you should do this now. Do that, and, and I was just like, you know, sh thank you. But I'm just going to... I'm just gonna take it how wherever I'm ready, I'll do that. And wherever I know I can sustain that, I'll do that. Well, yeah. You kind of just stuck to your own lane. And my own lane until I was comfortable. Then I could juggle because it was hard. Because in the beginning, I mean, for your own business, you are the creative, you are the financial person, you're the marketer, you are the seamstress, you're the packager, you are all the fabric sourcer, you're everything. And I had a full-time job, mm. so at the time as well. So. It is hectic. You can't give hundred percent to everything. So, yeah, that's why I took my pace and took my time, and um, I learned things and I researched, and eventually, when I could actually bring someone else to also do other elements, I did that. Cause it's very important. You can't give hundred percent to a million things. You can't be the financial guy and the creative. It just doesn't work. Mm. I tried. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Mm. Delegation is very key. Mm -hmm. Do you? So now you kind of have actually have like a a team. Yeah, yeah. I do have a team. It's not a big team. I have a person who's just overall manages and does like I run ideas and if the creative work and the conceptual things with. She's amazing, a gem, savior. <laughs> um, and then it's just basically me and her. And then I do have like other people within my team, but they're not like on a permanent basis. When I know if I need this, then they kind of jump into that project or whatever that I can outsource. And then obviously I will have like the the financial guys and the business people. But in terms of like team team where like all the operations are transparent and we working like um along this along what is it the word? <laughs> working with each other. Mm -hmm. I just have one other person, it's just two of us. Whoa. Yeah. For me I I, I know, I just it I it, oh, God, what can I say? I, I don't know. 
I like to do everything myself, <laughs> so it's hard for me to to delegate. But if I find a person where I'm like, I look at person, I look at someone, I'm like, you know exactly what I'm trying to do, and you kind of get it. Then I'm like, let's go. Mm. And with her, we worked on a project together, and I was like, I cannot lose you. Oh. We are one. <laughs> let's go. And she just, oh, she's amazing. Yeah, it's always amazing when you're able to find um, people, especially amongst your team, yeah. who kind of able uh, like to the same. Unst- yeah. That. yeah, because we are working. It's a creative thing, so I can stand here and be like, yeah. So I'm, I'm wanting to create a set, and it needs to be orange and needs to be floral. And your um, definition of that is completely different. So if you some, if you find someone that kind of sees or has the same vision as you, you may just grab, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking to expand, though, definitely. Oh. Yeah. Expanding, like scaling, scaling up. Yeah, in terms of like the business side and team-wise. I mean, I have my seamstresses and all of those people, mm-hmm. but I would love to 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 so I can do more. You know, mm-hmm. have other people to help me out with that, like the sourcing. Yeah. So how many employees do you guys have right now? Permanent base three. Three. Yeah. Sure. You're doing so much with such a small team, but yeah, like the results to. are showing though. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. It's incredible. So, have you had a mentor throughout this whole journey, or you just been learning through your mistakes? Well, yes, that I've been learning through my mistakes, one, but I, I've had a few people that have kind of been kind of just tailing and like. Um, getting feedback from and talking to, especially on the business side, because it's not my strong element. Creatively, creative-wise, I mean, I trust myself and I know what I want to do. Mm. Um, but I think on the business side, I have like a couple of mentors and people that are always like, okay, what now? What does this mean? What do I do now? Um, and all of that. But yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of someone that could pinpoint. I think in, for different seasons, different projects and times, I, it's always a different person. Um, and there's constant people. But business-wise, yeah, I do have quite a strong... Um, group of people that I can go back to and ask yeah it's amazing Um, let's take it back to kind of like the creativity side now Mm -hmm. Um, I really like how you collaborate with um, people like that are within like kind of like your circle yeah I mean the I think it was in your first and second collections Mm -hmm. with the collaboration with Mo yeah 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 do you feel like they kind of like push you to perform at at your best Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Mohe is great, and I mean, working with such a diamond fiber at a very like early on in an early stage. I mean, getting introduced to that whole market was amazing and such a a great a great opportunity. Um, and it did push me to to immediately set a quality standard for my brand and for myself. Mm. Um, so in that sense, one hundred percent. And also knowing that because they there was such an internationally recognized. Um, Fiber, I needed to to operate within that. So in that element, in that sense, yes. But I mean, all of our collaborations, all of the collaborations I did with Mohe were all on my basis. Okay. Yeah. So I worked for Mohe, um, so for three and a half years. So I kind of drove. It was my kind of concepts and everything within the creative element. Yeah. I foresaw all of that, but in terms of now knowing the scope and um, what I was working with, it made me push and work harder. Incredible. Yeah. Where do you get your ideas from? Like in terms of when you want to pro- approach like a new, a new season. Mm-hmm. 
It depends. Um, a lot of my ideas, as I said earlier on, are based on where I am currently, like mentally, and my yeah. ideas and thoughts and what I'm seeing. Um, I'm very inspired by everyday life and everyday people and everyday stories. Um, I do gravitate to, uh, towards like more relatable stories. Um, like with my recent, with the collection I'm working on now, um, it's all based off of like growing up as a black African child, like how we all basically, even though we grew up in different homes, we have the same story. I always find that so incredible. Like our, our, um, our, our families are the same. Our, like the way our parents like raised us is the same, you know? So, I mean, I'm inspired by that and that's my, basically my next collection. But with all my previous collections, it's been like inspired by just what's happening in the world and, and our people. Yeah. say just to also to empower women because I know mm. when you do a lot of your sketches you you're sketching in mind to empower to women. empower women it must give back it must do something you can't just do something for the sake of aesthetic or it's pretty it's always has for me I guess it always has to have like a deeper meaning um, and as I said again representation and storytelling has always been at my heart so I want to tell our stories so that people and they're open to it and we celebrate it and we look for inspiration and resources from our own um, our own surroundings. Um, I always like. Um, I don't know. I think European fashion and European aesthetics like took over a lot of like of, for like many years. That has been like the trends um, where people were sourcing out for inspiration. And as I said, as I said earlier on, I feel like South Africa is Africa is so rich with culture and and color and ins like inspiring things, man. So I'm always kind of pushing that narrative, mm. <laughs> always. I'm always like, what can I do more to make people like love us more? Mm. <laughs> yeah, so it's empowering and um, representation is always at my at my core. Yeah. But you even said now, obviously, you know, a lot of Europeans, um, Americans are like appropriating a lot of cultures, yeah. but like, especially now in the fashion industry, it's it's, Encouraging, I'd say, mm. to see people like mm. Kim Jones and Dior, mm. they getting inspiration and drawing artists, African mm. artists, and putting it in his own collection. Mm. No, definitely, I feel like it's the time for Africa now. I feel like if you're an African artist, go like do it. It's literally our time. I feel like the world is finally waking up and seeing us. And um, I mean, like also with what Beyonce did with um, Black is King. What was it? Black is King. Yeah, Black is King. Um, was incredible. I know it was very controversial, but I think that kind of highlighted a lot and it brought a lot of people like, oh, okay, so Africa, what's happening here, you know? Mm. So I think it's our time and we should milk it and love it and continue it, but also not wait for other people to affirm us. As I said earlier on, we need to start affirming ourselves. So that's why I push my agenda so much of already, like celebrating my own people and making sure that other people see that they can also celebrate it and love it and appreciate it and find beauty in it. It's amazing. Mm, thank you. <laughs> I like how you, with with all like your collections and concepts, you kind of blend in that creative element of yes, you're pushing your collections and conceptualization of all your pieces, mm. but you blend that in with movies like fashion and film. Yeah, I really like that like you've had like four like fashion and film videos. Mm -hmm. I really like the one the, the I think it was the the latest one where you made that like film to kind of help people who are struggling to pay for uh, their, their fees at university. That mm, was, that was really powerful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can you kind of walk me through the creative process behind that project and the meaning behind it? Uh, Black Our Stories um, was a very, very important project for me. I didn't think, uh, I want, I've always wanted to tackle like that topic of 
um, helping out like um, university students because studying art is very expensive. It's a privilege, honestly, and a lot of students in my year were dropping out because they couldn't financially sustain it anymore. And I thought that would be, that's unfair for you not to be able to pursue your dreams or do what you want to do because of finances, you know? Mm-hmm. And I always told myself, well, if I ever make it or whatever, whatever, I have money, I've, I always want to start like a bursary because there were no fashion bursaries. No fashion bursaries or scholarships or anything like that. So I was like, you know what? If I ever make it, I'm going to be like, I want to start a bursary for fashion students, especially at NMU. Um, I remember when I was telling you that my, my dad didn't want me to study fashion. I mean, I came from a, a middle-class family. I mean, my dad was working, my mom was working. I had four siblings with all of us here at the same time. So to add the pressure off again, and I mean, like the, I had people saying, here, we're going to pay for your varsity, um, varsity fees, and for me to be like, oh, no thanks. I'm gonna be an artist, and then have like like crazy amounts of money had to pay for that um, was I mean just hard, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily, I mean, gratefully, I was able to to do that and and finish. Um, but a lot of the city, again, a lot of students had to um, had to quit their studies and all of that. So I always told myself, you know what, I wanna that shouldn't be the case, you know. Mm-hmm. Artists are an important part of our lives and our our society and it, there's so much benefits to it you know so i think people should be given that opportunity and it shouldn't finance finances shouldn't be a reason for you not to be able to achieve your dreams so with that in my kind of my head um uh, an artist i don't know what she really terms herself but like a, a body painter i'll say graphic developer um girl that i worked with with previous projects came to me she was like i really want to work with you on something you know and she was telling me about her like varsity struggles and i was like oh my word you know what this is like on par with what i mean i experience and then i was like let's let's um let's do a collection or whatever to a collection or a project together to kind of help that i mean we didn't have anything it was fully it was funded um we were reaching out for funds with that project so she created the the, the prints and then uh, she put them on fabric and I created the fabric um, and we, I mean, yeah, it's all in a capacity and people like videographers, models, dancers, um, from the caterers for everything. I mean, everyone came in at the sponsorship level, we're all sponsoring our, ta- our talents in order to, to raise funds for, for, um, for two new, new students. Um, and yeah, we shot the fashion film and put it on, online and people could purchase a ticket whatever they could donate um and the the proceeds went to went to the two university students at the wow yeah i'm as i'm still wanting to explore that um, i mean we're exploring having black as like a, an annual thing in mm-hmm. different aspects because we just did a fashion film now because of covid um so there were talks of doing it in, as an annual thing but we'll see but i definitely it's in my heart to, to kind of fix that problem because it's so unfair you know um, yeah, so that was why we did black our stories. Wow, that's yeah, it's really encouraging. Yeah, I think we had like forty people on that project. Forty. Yeah, it was a lot. Like people could relate. That's the thing. Everyone's like, oh my word, this is my experience too. Here's what I can offer. It's powerful. How yeah. many? How much money did you guys manage to raise? I'm not sure. Really? You know, I'm not sure. I remember because I, I reached out to to the people who were handling the funding. I mean, I did the most of the creative and the conceptual work and the money and admin was done by my counterpart um so i'm not sure how much it was like it came up to yeah okay but yeah it's amazing like the fact that you thought about this like you made their conscious intent to 
put yourself out there to help people. Mm. Not a lot of designers are doing that, mm. especially in the creative industry yeah. right now. Our industry is very like everyone's to themselves, and everyone is very like. Um, in order to shine, I must dim everyone else's light, or we can't all share the same space. And I've never been that. If, uh, if my designer friend is doing well, I'm, I, I don't shy away from me. Like congratulations to this person, you're doing well. To offer my resources to be great. I mean, because we can all share the same platform. And again, like it's such a, a childish like mentality to think. I mean, I must hold all my information and my resources because I don't want someone else to kind of outdo me. You know. Mm. And a lot of people have that mentality and I think it's so dumb and stupid because even if, if we both had a creative t-shirt and we had the same colors and the same concept about whatever, what I do will always be different from what you do because we're two different people. Mm-hmm. So I could never do what you do. You could never do what I do. So I don't need to be intimidated with that. I mean, I've also had people who stole my designs and a lot of that and people brought it out and it's never the same. They might take the same fabric, same print, same color, same cut, same pattern, but it's always never the same. Yeah. And I'm like, great, I could be a Pinterest, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> That's really dope that you just think of it as a compliment, like, okay, yeah. that means my work's fire. Yeah, because I'm secure in what I'm doing, um, and I shouldn't feel threatened, and other people shouldn't either. We can all shine together. Yeah. The more the merrier. <laughs> 100%. I think more more people are needed like you, especially in the fashion industry mm-hmm. right now, because like you said, it's a gated community in terms of information. Yeah. And with, with fashion, like you really need information to kind of progress. Yeah. So at least now kids are able to kind of hear the, the side of the story, mm-hmm. but get some vital information if they are looking to start yeah. their own brand. Exactly. Because I, I mean, I groveled like to find my way. Um, I had to learn as I go and I think I mean just because let's say it took this designer 10 years or 20 years to make it doesn't mean the next designer also needs to take 25 or 20 years if I take 15 years to to get to where I want to be I want to make sure that the next person behind me takes five years and then the next person they must pass the information that the next person takes two years um, yeah as I said again I mean we need to open up spaces for each other and be secure in what we offer and not be threatened by other people 100 yeah. percent. Hundred percent. That's it's really inspirational. Do you kind of want to like, if you are able to like disclose, like, what is the overhead needed to start Google by Google? Um, there's no final figure, and I actually haven't. I should have done like some form of like um, tracking on because I mean, in the beginning, my brand was financed by me, obviously. Mm-hmm. As I was saying, I worked a full time job, so I took my whole salary and I was pumping it into my business. Um, and in the beginning, I mean, there's no, you don't break, you don't make profit. You just, you be putting up, putting out, and nothing is coming back in. And that's where it gets really tough, where passion needs to come through. Because you're sitting at 3 a.m., you haven't slept in a week, and you have deadlines galore, and you're just sewing your heart out, and there's no real financial gain from it, you know? So there was a lot of that. So I don't know how that much that equates to, but it takes a lot. That's why I'm, I feel like if there's people and there's resources to be like, okay, do this. Because I was learning as I go. So I'm sure there's a lot of money like wasted from just like stupid decisions. Mm. So I really, I really want to also, again, let's put up my resources and say, if the next people like, don't do that, do this. This is an easier way. This is a cheaper way to actually do this, you know, so that you don't waste money. And there's no money because I mean, I, I started my business, as I said, again, from my own personal funds yeah. and there was no like miracle money from nowhere. <laughs> yeah. It was oats and rice and pump <laughs> into this business and vision and belief. And we're still pumping. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
But I mean, you took action. You you just had that belief in yourself, and I was into deep. <laughs> I was into deep. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. Yeah. What have been your biggest lessons so far on your on your journey in business and just creatively with Google by Google? Mm. I think creatively, it's um, do things at your own pace. Um, always have a vision and like stick to that. Be you. Do what's like. Don't follow trends. Don't look at what other people are doing. Don't listen to what everyone is saying because everyone has an opinion. Trust me. And it's so easy to get lost in all of that. So for me, it's always like, do you? Like no one can do you better than you. And be the next you. Don't be the next. Don't be the next Laduma. Don't be the next Tiba. Don't be the next Rich. Be the next you. Um, and tell your story, man. So that's my advice creatively. The other side, do your research. <laughs> Get a financial planner. Ask, talk to people. But I think having a vision for me, I'm a very like a write down person. So I I like my to dos. I like my lists. I like my charts and all of that. So it helps having a, like a main goal and something to work towards. Um, so I always advise people to have some form of um, KPI for yourself, um, where you can just measure your performance. Um, don't just free will, because that's all I did for. I think a year. Mm. I was just like, oh, okay, so now I need this. Let me just let me just go do this. <laughs> oh, now it's in this data, so let me just pick the most expensive one because I don't have time to be looking for cheaper options. Let me, you know. So plan, <laughs> um, strategize. Um, I know it's boring and it's tedious and it's lame, but there's so many apps now that help you do things in a funner way. So yeah, use a calendar, creators. The creative people just don't want to stick to time and deadlines so just be just do your admin mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah please <laughs> i get you yeah what is that feeling like when you got your first sale oh man that was beautiful uh for me for a very long time after i, was, I mean I, I spent time with this product i'm sewing it with my own hands i'm deciding what detail i want to add where i'm packaging it and it feels like your own child you know and now someone else comes like, oh, I like this. And I, my, my nose is like, oh my word, as a perfectionist, what if it's a seam tears? What if they wash it in the ink? Like stupid things. I used to get so much anxiety from a sale. Like, oh, are you, people are like, oh, I love it. I'm like, are you just saying that because you're being nice? Or do you really? <laughs> but then I grew up. <laughs> and um, um, yeah, I just, that was just ridiculous mentality. But it was such a beautiful feeling, man. And also when, it, when I started getting comfortable with selling things, um, then I kind of I relaxed more and I appreciated it and then people were also responding well to it um, I enjoyed the process now I mean like you want something like yeah okay online you purchase it's gone you know mm -hmm. um, but luckily with my with my market it's the young people and creative people so they always come back to me they share posts and they send me mm -hmm. pictures and they do like really cool market like they give me content guys I swear not Half my content is from my customer. I should be paying them. Sure. They shoot it so nicely. They do all these like amazing videos and they send it to me. And I can use that on my platforms, mm. which cuts the work for me. So it really is nice to have a product that is received the way I want to. And you make something, you kind of see the person. So to have that person really come to life is so beautiful. Well, you really got like a loyal base of Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a, like a very like definite group of people, a solid group where you can just like, my customer is this person and you can see this person. It's me actually because my clothes are mostly what I like to wear. Okay. Yeah. So how would you describe um, a customer that kind of buys Google by Google? What type of personality would you say they have? Um, 
very very into fashion first okay. of all very into fashion I'm, I'm talking about like my, my my majority of my customer base I mean they'll always be like the randoms that are just interested in the product but I think the majority of my of my market is young people in the like late early late 20s um, who are into fashion artists um, or people who just love clothing um, and very I don't know um, I don't know. People aren't afraid to 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 go in. I'd say in terms of fashion and things, and who aren't afraid to stand out. I'd say because my I think my my fabric choices and my color choices are sometimes a bit bold. Um, so I think my customer is not afraid, and it's someone that is really out there to express themselves and wants to have fun with everyday clothing. Um, yeah. Some people might say a little bit of a screw screw, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, my soul is like, oh, you people are all screw screws. <laughs> I'm like, it's fine. Each in its own, I guess. Exactly. You know, it's really encouraging to see like just your progress from your first collection up until now. Like, you can really see the, I'd say the switch. Mm. Like you mentioned a lot, like how the intention was to kind of do. African streetwear. Yeah. But like in the beginning, you could see it as more traditional approach, yeah. like paying yeah. heritage to your cultural yeah. roots, and. Because I was discovering myself at that point, actually. Yeah. yeah. And then you can now see the switch up. Now, like you see the, now I'm comfortable. The streetwear, and you can see like. <laughs> yeah. This is this is what the the brand stands for. This is what we're trying to go for. Mm. Mm. So it's going to be interesting to see like where you kind of direct your vision to in the future now like mm. what direction are you kind of like heading towards now mm-hmm. I'm also very interested because as I said I'm kind of like I, my brand has just flowed it's just it just grew organically and everything just kind of happened and my my brand identity just formed itself I didn't try and I always just, I always say that I kind of caught up with my brand it wasn't the other way around um, so I'm very very keen to see like where it goes because I cannot really tell you yeah, um, I'm just waiting to 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 have my resources match my my re- my dreams. Mm. And when that hits, honey, it's gonna be late. Uh, I'm excited to just like make the world my oyster and just do things that I really really want to do. Cause that's a really another element. You can be a, a, like creative and have all these creative ideas, but can you? <laughs> yeah. So I really cannot wait until for that time for me to just create. Not that I'm not doing that now. I am. But I mean, like fully with all the resources that I need. Mm. Yeah. What's the valuation of the the brand right now? If you're able to disclose that. The. The valuation, like what? What do you mean? Like, what what would you value Google in like a monetary? So like some people like have I don't know if you know this clothing brand, this powerful like businesswoman, Nastigo. Mm-hmm. I've heard. Yeah. So when she first started out, obviously, the investors gave her like a valuation of the company at like. Mm-hmm. 10 million dollars mm. and then she obviously gave a majority ownership to those investors oh, okay so i wanted to ask you right now where would you like value <laughs> right now Oof, that is a heated question God. <laughs> i'm like what do i say i don't want to say the wrong thing <laughs> wow invaluable can i say that can be lame and say my brand is invaluable like I can't put a, yeah, i can't put a amount a number to it it's too personal for me i think i'd have to have an outside person to be like Look at things objectively mm-hmm. because it's such an emotional journey for me and it's my baby and i mean i think my 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 um the value would be distorted mm. because i'm too it's too it's too deep for me you know yeah. um so for me it's invaluable oh my word Ugh, i, I don't really understand like i really 
really I, I'm, I've always been passionate about fashion so my brand has just been my labor of love and it needed to be loved for me to get to this point because it has been a challenge <laughs> and it still is a challenge um, and I think at least once a week I sh I'm like I should have become an accountant or a doctor or something because woof, it does it's, it's hectic industry to be in but it, you need that love and and I don't know the devotion to it um, yeah yeah and patience and gosh all of that but it's beautiful man it's a baby it's my baby <laughs> So you did mention something about like how you are hoping to get to that level where your capital matches your your creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see yourself having investors or investors buying into Google or you don't want to go that route? I'm still fifty fifty on that because there's pros and cons. Um, I think again with that I will let the business. I mean the business has done great for itself. It's just like flowing and just forming itself. Um, I think the business will decide whether which route we go with that. Right now, I will probably say yes. Tomorrow, I'll probably say no. Mm -hmm. You know, and because our industry again, it's a very, it's a very you in you out, you in you out. It's it's it it, it I don't know. It's a very it's a scary industry to be in. There's no consistency. You mm -hmm. know. So I don't know. Right now, I'll say yes. Tomorrow, I could say no. Yeah. That's a very scary thing. It's scary. Trusting yeah. other people, especially with something that's, that's your that's baby. That's so close, exactly. And people don't always have the best intentions. <laughs> so you've got to be careful, especially with an industry like this, because the market is so small. And it's such like a, a luxury, it's not a luxury industry. So you're fighting every single day to be relevant and be seen and to keep up. So it's, sometimes there's dips and fails or lows and you you kind of desperate or you need someone else and you don't know what that person you you know you're in a vulnerable position always mm. because there's no stability so someone can come in and say hey i see value in what you're doing and i want to help you out and someone can see i see a gap here for me to you know it's tough it's tough and yeah i think that's where i also need to kind of do more research to be honest mm. yeah i've seen other people and how the brand um well other brands have done it and I think I'll always look at what's happening and what people are doing and yeah. Mm. Yeah. I get you. I get you. It's a it's a tricky thing. It's tricky. I'm too young. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanna paint and sit under a tree and be creative. Yeah. But like you said, patience. When it happens if it's it supposed to happen, exactly. it'll happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't chase things, don't rush things. Do your research and let things flow. Yeah. Yeah. But do your research. <laughs> yeah. Cannot stress that enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you, um, who inspires you actually? Mm. Creatively. I'm inspired by everything, as I said, my surroundings. I could be inspired by this podcast today to create a collection from that. Inspired mm. by the meal I eat. My mom is my biggest inspiration, I think, also. Um, but I think, yeah, my, my surroundings and my everyday life and people and sounds and tastes and visuals. I'm a very visual person. So when I look at something, I... I've recognized that I really look at detail. I pay attention. That's why I, I put so much detail into my work because I, I appreciate detail. Mm. So I'm always inspired by, oh my God, do you see how that line forms? And I'll be like, oh, you're such a creative. But I'm like, oh, don't you see what I see? <laughs> I'm like, look at the clouds. I'm like, girl, look at the clouds today. Oh my God, the moon. <laughs> look at how this color is built. Oh, they're like, which is just water. Why are you seeing five tones? It's just water, you know? So I really like detail and I'm really inspired by little things in life and I always look at that and I appreciate that and I put that back into my clothing. Um, and a lot of people are like, oh my word, like, your attention to detail is really cool. 
Yeah. I think it's important what you mentioned, like just the fact that you're able to have that ability of being able to fine tune to detail. Yeah. That just shows that you're present. When yeah. You, when you're present, you're able to Just really just take everything in for what mm. it is mm. and it's going to show in your your work and yeah. your designs that's how things become timeless because mm. presence is timeless exactly true oh that was good <laughs> yeah are there any creatives in south africa that you would want to collaborate with yeah a lot man um I love our current creators and our upcoming creators. I think it's. I think it's every year. It's just been the best it has ever been. It's growing. Um, and as I like as I said again, um, I feel like our creatives are every like more and more starting to take um inspirations from Africa. It's been so beautiful to see. I mean, talking about bigger like people who are out there already, or rich, your Tebes, your yeah, Trevors. I mean killing it killing it and i'm loving every second um i would love to work with people like that of course but then again i think like my peers as well like people that i did design in double work they also been doing great things there's so many brands afro modern he does like really cool furniture um mason mason and he does really cool graphics mm -hmm. um so i really would love to also work with people like who's kind of like pushing mm -hmm. and that i like came up with or um, like in this i don't know since level but like kind of working i don't know who i've just seen from ground like from the gate from varsity level or yeah who i respect their hustle i guess i would mm -hmm. love to work with people like that who are just like very like intentional and aggressive with their passion so i feel like i'm very aggressive with <laughs> with with my with my with my work Mm. Yeah, I have a very aggressive. <laughs> like when I work with people, I'm always like, mm, FYI, <laughs> like I have 150 or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like mediocre. I don't like average. No normal. Let's be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I really appreciate people who have like, kind of the same ethic when it comes to their work, and I always love working with people like that. But push are very like, I don't know, who are doing them, man. I really appreciate. And I love that. I love seeing mm. people who are just representing themselves and don't give a fuck. It's part of my French. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're pushing people to be the best version of themselves. Mm -hmm. And one thing I've seen, like, even in your your working environment, mm -hmm. it shows, like, your employees are just mm -hmm. motivated to work. Mm -hmm. So, you obviously, it's, it's something that you're instilling in, yeah. in, in your culture. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I always try and create a very fun, fun working environment. <laughs> yeah. So, what's the culture like for Google in just in terms of the business, like... If I were to get employed by you right now, mm -hmm. what kind of culture do you guys instill? Um, I mean, it, as I said again, I don't. I'm very aggressive in terms of work. Like the work needs to be there. It's not all la di da and fashion. Night, oh, like seventy percent of it is admin and planning and plotting and. I mean, again, Zoom meetings and Zoom meetings and all of that stuff. So it would need someone to also be kind of like committed. Mm. And it's it's also very. There's a lot of sacrifice as well. It's that's it's not convenient. So, I mean, with also my like the the, the, the brand manager that I work with, um, it's always like I mean she has to do things that are probably not in her job description or whatever, whatever. She like you need to. It's uncomfortable, but she's committed, mm -hmm. you know, to the vision. And even if it's not gonna pay off now, but maybe in the next ten years she still puts in 150 percent. So it's kind of that work ethic. But it's also very fun. Like it's colorful and mm. it's loud and um, great music <laughs> um, and snacks. <laughs> vibes. Vibes, constant vibes, but we take our work very seriously. Yeah. It's yeah. really inspiring and encouraging. Mm. What type of leader would you say that you are? 
Um, I think I'm fun. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I think I'm a I'm a very I'll try to be a very approachable leader. You know, I'm very stern when it comes to work. Work mm-hmm. is work, and it does not have to do it with anything personal. Um, or whatever, but in terms of like everything else, that work can be done within a space that's very loving and approachable. I'm not like I don't, I don't know. I'm not a, I don't know. Like those kind of people, like you must do this and you must do this. <laughs> and if you don't do this, like why didn't you do that? If something goes wrong and someone made a mistake, it's oh we didn't do this. It's, it's a kind of like a unified thing. I don't. There's no hierarchy. I'm not walking in like I miss my coffee, whatever, whatever. It's kind of like we're also together like this, and the people gonna be like, oh, you know what? That was dumb. What she did was dumb to me too. You know. It's very open and very friendly, and we're all kind of working together on a very equal um, basis as well. I don't like that whole, I'm a boss, or this is mine, or whatever. It's all ours. And sometimes my team is just like, I don't think that's a good idea. I'm like, oh, we're doing this. I think this is the name, or the color blue is going to be like the kind of like, oh, this, that, that does not really look nice. And like, oh, okay. What do you have? Let's see. You know, so I'm very mm. open like that. It's not like my ideas, it's a group. Mm. Yeah, so it's a very open working environment and fun, as I said again. But at the end of the day, I've learned the hard way that work is work. Because I told you in the beginning, like, I used to tiptoe around everyone. I was like, oh, okay, so that's, that's good. Then it's not good, you know? Yeah. Now I'm like, if it's not good, I'm like, oh, okay, look, this is not really right. But if you do this and if you do that, um, you know, we can make it better. Or, yeah, if you push the same here, then it works better or whatever, whatever. I don't, I'm not trying to be liked now. But I think in the beginning, I'm just like, oh, if I shout, oh, if I say no, then they're gonna, they feel it's gonna be hurt. It's not about feelings, it's about getting the job done, <laughs> you know? But we can be nice about it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Those are some solid leadership qualities. Thank you. <laughs> Honestly. What would you tell your 19 year old oh. self? Yo, girl, where was I when I was 19? Firstly. So, yeah, like what, what lessons? Yeah, like lessons. Three keys. Terms of navigating the, mm-hmm. the creative industry, navigating business, and navigating just relationships, yeah, like business relationships, yeah, and socially, yeah. Oh, I'll tell my nineteen-year-old self. I was still at varsity to breathe. First of all, <laughs> as I said, I'm, I mean, I was always aggressive and a, a, too pedantic in the beginning. Like when I started out, I mean, because I said again, our institution was very cutthroat, so it needed to be perfect. So I think I was a bit too hard on myself and too anal about things. Like 90 degrees have to be 90 degrees, or whereas I'm like, like if it's square, if it's a bit curved, it's fine. I'm very more <laughs> relaxed now. I've learned it's not that deep. I'm not curing cancer here. I'm just making clothes. Yeah. It's, nothing is going. The sun is going to shine tomorrow. So breathe, honey. It's going to be fine. Um, but in, um, creatively, I would say breathe. Enjoy the process. Try to be more present. Um, celebrate yourself and what you're doing. I mean, look at your art, artwork and, you know, be in that moment and, yeah. Um, and then business-wise, you said, hey, yeah. business-wise, research at an earlier stage, because I do feel I left, like, I was so caught up in my environment and being a student that I did not think practically, like, what needed to happen after that. I was just like, okay, I'm a design student now. When I leave, I'm going to just automatically be employed. I'm just automatically going to be a fashion designer. Like, I did not think, what are the necessary steps to do that? Luckily, I got employed straight out of OSSD, but in terms of branding and business and financing, I wish I'd started maybe in my fourth year um, researching like what it takes to start a business. Not now, that my business is up and Look, how do you pay tax? How do you do this? How do you do a pay slope, you know? 
So I, I really would advise manage yourself to start thinking about post-varsity now. Make those moves now. Because when I was in high school, I started interning. So why now when I was in Boston and I start like, when I did intern, but that was not enough for me. It was not within the business of the scope. And then relationship-wise relationship and working with other people, I would say your nose are your nose. Ah, uh, you know, when you let if you let someone get away with this amount, they won't be like, oh, I'm so sorry, or whatever. They're just always trying to see how far they can take it. Mm -hmm. And I found myself in a lot of situations where um, I was people were taking advantage. You know, a lot of I mean, I get when you're starting out, you need to do a lot of things for exposure. But I would let that would go way too far to my own expense. Yes, exposure is important, but it's not going to be your rate. I don't need to be working like crazy hours at like 4 a.m. for something that someone's going to shoot for two seconds and be like, oh, in the bottom, don't I go, go, you know, for that long. <laughs> you know, but you do what you got to do. But I'd say again, your nose are your nose and don't be afraid to, to like respect yourself and say, I don't like this or no to this or I don't have time for this, you know, because I'm not a machine. And I forgot that for a lot of years. I was just working, 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 working. Mm. Yeah. Solid lessons there, wasn't yeah. it? In terms of someone listening right now, young kid. Listen to that, trust them. me, trust me. Yeah. You're young, you can make mistakes. And I, for some reason, thought I could never make a mistake. Yeah, I didn't have the space to. Because again, my environment said, if you're five centimeters off, you fail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, okay, last, last question. I'm gonna press the time. I wanted to ask you, if you could do it all over again, <laughs> would you do it the same way or are you content right now with the decisions that you've made so far? I think I'm content with the decisions I've made. It's, I mean, like, it's again, it, as I said earlier on, it has been a struggle train, um, a beautiful struggle train. I'm um, a lot of highs and a lot of lows. Um, but I would, I think it's just, if I wouldn't be where I am now and it wouldn't be where I'm going if it wasn't all those lessons and they've made me as I said I've got that thick skin I'm able to say no now with a smile because I learned the hard way if you say yes or through gritted teeth for a very long time it's at your own expense and now I mean all my lessons have been have really just um, worked out to, for the better you know I wouldn't change anything I would keep it the same painfully painfully I'd keep it the same I think I'll, I'll just maybe do some more research but I wouldn't change anything man yeah, it's been a beautiful journey and yeah, I'm keen to look back one day and be like, ah, so that's why that happened. Mm. Yeah. Wow, beautiful. I wanna thank you for your time. Thank you, this was fun. Great, great questions. Oh my goodness, thank you so much for having me. Grateful and really are just wishing you nothing but success. Oh, thank you, Lucy. <laughs> and I know in the next five years, Google is oh. definitely gonna be up there, oh. nationally, even internationally. Yes, I'd uh, love to hear it. Thank you so much. Something that Google mentioned in the podcast, she just had this innate knowing, like she just knew in her heart that she was going to have her own brand, that she wasn't going to work for anyone else. And I think that's just testimony to each and every single one of us in life. We all have that burning desire to create something, to follow our desires. And at the end of the day, we all have a designated path that's been set out for each and every single one of us that's uniquely our own 
and our path is our own. No one else is going to be able to walk the path that you're walking. And if you reflect over that, you understand that, that that's a beautiful thing because you realize everything that you're going through is an opportunity, an opportunity to convert that opportunity into a promise, into something fruitful. As long as you keep your perspective open, I really just want to commend all of you and encourage you just to really be in alignment to who you really are, your true self, and stick to your path, because often than not, you're closer than you think, and there's so many possibilities and opportunities available to you, as long as you take that step of faith, that leap, that giant leap, belief, and remember, see for what it is, not for what you want it to be. Peace out.